Hello, and welcome to another episode of Hunchpig, a weekly podcast where we talk about whatever the fuck we want. Uh, this is the ninth ever episode, episode uh-huh. eight. Okay. Um, I yeah. thought you were just going to cop out of that by saying yet another episode and not really say <laughs> what the number was. Nope. Because I know what the number is. It's number eight. Because it's the ninth. Exactly. Cool. That's not the date. Is that the date? Oh, God, that would be weird. It's the 12th. So, yeah, it's the 12th. Yeah. I mean, when you hear this, it will be the 12th. Yeah. Ooh. It's also the 12th. It's also the 12th. Yeah. Um, So we didn't record last week. Right. So I actually just said this was a weekly podcast, but I lied. Oh, you did. Um. Yeah, you did. Yeah, it's been good. So we we skipped a week. Um, I was out of town last weekend. Yep. Um, and it was actually, it was nice to hear from a few people, multiple people, I'll say, hmm. maybe even several. I'm not sure where the several line is. Right. How many that is. Might be, I would say maybe a few. I don't think we should clarify any of those. <laughs> okay. Ranges. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For advertising purposes. <laughs> um Right. No, it was nice to hear, uh, hey, where's your podcast this weekend? Mm. Where's Hunchbig? Um, people were disappointed. Yeah, people uh, people noticed us leaving, which is which is nice. Yeah. So maybe we'll do that every... Uh, no, no, I don't think so. No, okay. We just... No, they want us to... Right. Yeah. We should fulfill their... Things happened last their weekend. Their wishes. Um, Things I don't know about. Well, yeah, went to see family. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, it was good. Saw my nephews. Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, yesterday, we had a company team building event. Yes. Where we went to a local... Oh, they're basically our sponsor now. <laughs> we'll send them a bill. Yeah. Um, yeah. We went to Bodeborg. Yeah. Um, Bodeborg. Boda. Bodeborg. Like Yoda. Like Yoda. Yeah. Bodeborg. Mm-hmm. Um... Which was great. The only North American location of Bodeborg. Yep. It is a Swedish company. Yep. Like Ikea. Mm-hmm. They are it, a quest. They are in the quest business. Yep. Which I did not realize was a business. an industry. Yeah. They made it. They invented uh, it. Yeah. Um, it's cool. It's it's a little bit in the vein of escape the room um, things that are popping up. Right. But it's a little different in the sense that there are multiple quests. There's 17 or 16 or 17. Yep. They have in this, in the Boston location. And you can kind of pop in and pop out of different rooms as you please, different quests as you mm. please. And each quest is two to four rooms. Right. Um, that you have to kind of journey through and find your way through. So I managed to, uh, I arrived and heard the explanation of how to get into a room. Mm-hmm. And the, ex- the instructions included, uh, you won't know what the rules are. So you won't know what you can do. You won't know what you can't do. Right. And in all likelihood, you will lose. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't feel bad if you, if the, the red um, alarm goes off and it says that you lost. Yeah. Like you just try again and you try to figure out the rules as you go. Right. Yeah. Um, However, after hearing the instructions, I then received a call from my daughter's daycare yeah, uh, saying that uh, my daughter's diseased mm. and she's going to make all the other children diseased unless I go pick her up. <laughs> oh. So I missed out on 
You you were assigned a new quest. Yep. That so you fulfilled. I'd like to hear about at least one of the rooms. I mean, even though it's a spoiler, it is a spoiler. Um, uh, but I don't care. But it's a spoiler for everyone. I don't care. You just need to know. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I just, um, so just one of the rooms. I mean, how many talking, rooms are there? Uh, well, rooms. There's uh, forty-five. Something like that. Forty-five rooms, because each quest can be two to four rooms. Oh, okay. How so, many quests are there? Sixteen, I believe. Okay. They're working on their seventeenth, which will be the first quest that is actually designed in Boston, mm. um, in the North America branch. Well, I mean, what is it? Is it? Oh, like whoa, a whoa, whoa! We have not mentioned where this place actually is. Okay, it's in the great town of Malden. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't know why I sounded surprised I was there. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's kind of cool. To, to yeah. get, it's a good... Um, since Local. this is their only North American location, I feel like that's a You've big, said that a couple big of deal for the city of Malden. Yeah, no, I mean... Because uh, it's the only North American location. Big things are happening. For here. Bodeborg, a Swedish company, <laughs> they chose Malden. Yeah. Of all the... Of all of the wonderful... Cities and towns. I want to know what the um, in this great country. I want to know what the theme for the Boston one is. It like a navigating oh. Dunkin' Donuts or something? <laughs> like what? Oh, that's funny. Yeah, what would it be? Hmm. Or like, um, oh, what was that film? Maybe that just came a, out maybe with we'll do a Boston Tea Party situation mm. where you have to like avoid throwing tea into the river. Maybe you're the tea, and you have to avoid being thrown in the river. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, that's good. As the tea that you are, you have to get yeah. to shore. Yeah. Before you're just like walking along this, uh, yep. this like tightrope kind of thing, and there are just people on either side trying to push you off. <laughs> Three pointed hats, just trying to like <laughs> all in. That's good. That's a good visual. Um, so you want me to spoil? So just one room. We were talking about this after um, after Bodeborg. We had some drinks uh, with the company and yeah, we were saying like a few different people tried to look up spoilers beforehand because oh, yeah. they were just curious about things like, or like which ones were better or more fun or whatever. And they could not find anything. Oh, wow. It's on lockdown. Like, like they have people scouring. I, I don't know. Either that or they, everything's in Swedish and we don't know how uh, to search for it. Yeah. That's a or, but their website is in English. At least a lot of it. Um, yeah, I don't know. Mm. Uh, so I feel a little weird about completely spoiling it. But I'll try to... Is that, I'll, is I'll that, tell you about my favorite favorite quest. Yeah. So maybe don't spoil what it is, but sort of explain, like, you enter a room, yeah. what is it that you see? Yep, okay. Um, so my favorite quest that we did, which I was only there for an hour. So I did mm. um, five, maybe? Five different quests. Right. Um, didn't actually successfully complete any of them. Is that true? Maybe <laughs> one. So, all right. Okay. So my favorite quest was escape to Alcatraz. Nope. That's not what it's called. Escape Al Escape from Alcatraz. <laughs> yeah. no, not escaping into. <laughs> I've just got to get out of the world, get into a prison. <laughs> yeah. Like, wow. Oh. I feel like that would come out of like I don't know, first world guilt. 
Like, you know what? My life's too good. I just need... I, you know... I need to experience. I'm making a lot of money in San Francisco. My, my house is really nice. I'm just going to go to the jail. I deserve this. Um, go straight to jail. Do you not yeah, maybe that was, a, that was a subconscious thing. Life's good. Um, anyway, escape from Alcatraz and... Or escape Alcatraz, whatever. All right, so you're waiting... Um, there's like a monitor above the room. Yep. Of each room that has a triangle. I see it in my mind's eye. Yeah. Yep. Um, also doing a lot of hand gestures to Matt right now, which you can't <laughs> see, but it's a triangle. You know what a triangle is. I, and when it's blinking, you know that there's someone still in that quest. So you have to wait. Right. This is before you enter the quest at all. Right. And you, oh, you are yeah. in teams, teams of three to five. Yep. So we had a team of four and we wait, waited for the triangle to turn you know solid and then we knew that we could enter and in the waiting area for this alcatraz uh quest it was pretty cool so you kind of you're in this jail cell like before you're even inside the inside the quest when you wait you're in a jail cell and there's the two bunks Mm. and there's like you know uh tallies on the wall of like how many days in the hole have i been you know in the jail whatever there's like a dirty sink um and to enter the quest you have to go in this like trap door underneath the sink to like start wow it's pretty cool that's cool it's really neat you're like crawling to yeah to get into the quest i was i think that was part of why it was my favorite one because i was like in the element yeah like there was another one that was a jungle it was called the jungle and i was like this doesn't really feel like a jungle like i don't know (laughs) it's you know it's it's painted and there's a scene but it doesn't I don't know. You won. But this was like, okay, yeah, like this could be a jail cell. Like, yeah. Um, and I, this could be Alcatraz. I don't mm-hmm. know. If I, if I let myself. Yeah. So, yeah. So go in and you're crawling. And the general rule uh, for these, for these quests is don't touch the floor. <laughs> <laughs> the floor is lava. The floor is lava, <laughs> uh, basically. And, um. So that was part of this one too. There was actually, this one was actually the floor was lava. Like you look down and there's like these orange, uh, <laughs> you know, orange lights basically okay. underneath the kind of grill right. of the floor. Yep. And there's pipes on the walls. Mm. Um, like, you know, big kind of plumbing pipes. Yeah. Um, that you can grab onto as kind of yeah, things to hold on to so you don't fall onto the floor. Right. And there's also um, uh, wheels, little valves, right? For like it's basically like a sewer system that you're like crawling through. Yeah, is the idea. And um, so you get to a point where um, you can see the next door to get to the next room, but there's like the sound, and you're not sure like how to turn it off hmm. so that you can like clear to go to the next floor. Yeah. Um, I think it's just like water rushing or something. So you like your team has to like figure out what to do with these kind of switches and valves and whatever to clear that. Right. So it says, okay, you're good to go. And then the alarms go off or whatever. Um, and then you're in the next room. The next room is cool. It is a, so now you're kind of like outside. Like you've gone through the sewer. Yeah. You've gone through the sewer. You're now you're outside, but you're still like fenced in. Yeah. And there's like barbed wire. Oh, that's cool. And uh, like 
fences and you and it says on the door it says danger high voltage so the uh, idea is that all the fence is, is um lava is electric is lava <laughs> <laughs> right yeah. so don't touch the lava yep 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 so it's like um Right, so there's ba- there's motion sensors basically okay. everywhere. Yeah, and touch sensors, I guess I don't know. Hmm. But there's also spotlights in this room, oh. so it's like the guards are like looking for you. Yeah, and the spotlights are going on and off, and when they're on, you know, you have to be careful not yeah. to be spotted. <laughs> I'm I'm probably ruining it more than I'm trying to, but right. Um, but there's a there's a little twist in that room that we didn't get at first, but we figured out. Oh, that's cool. Um, and then we got to the third. That one is a third room. Yeah. And we... So there's an interesting thing where once you fail a room, it, the door to the next one is locked. You can't just go through all of them. Right. You have to leave. It only unlocks as you, you succeed. Know, as you succeed that room. Right. But in this case, <laughs> there was some interesting timing, I think, that happened where um, Derek <laughs> pulled the door open to the next one because we thought we succeeded and immediately like at the very same time it said that we failed oh so we're like uh we're gonna go through <laughs> this is weird so it was funny the dynamics that happened there because i was like oh boy i guess we lost let's leave and tom yeah <laughs> tom listener tom was like no we're going through yeah like we, obviously the door's open <laughs> yeah. and i was like i was like if this was actually a prison break I would be the one that would get shot, like in the in the yard, <laughs> because like you, not sure because what to you do. Hesitated, yeah. And Tom would be like, just going, like, yeah. He's gone. I'm like, I don't know. This the green, the light's not green, so I'm not sure if they want us to keep going. <laughs> I was like, go, go, go. I'm like what? It was funny. Uh, the uh, best man at my wedding told a story um, of us at school where um, we were leaving mm-hmm. when we shouldn't have been. Yep, and. Um, uh, the doors are alarmed in our school. And so he, uh, we, we walked out and we opened the door and like this alarm went and then stopped. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I walked out and, um, you know, a teacher came around to see what was happening yep. and saw Martin and Martin was like, oh, well, I guess we can't. And he turned and I was gone. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. And he's like, this is basically our friendship. Uh, and I turned around and he's gone. Yeah. That's great. Um, You're a ghost. Yeah. Oh, so good. Uh, um, yeah, Budapog was fun. Hopefully yep. um, we can go some other time and you can, you yeah. can enjoy it. My sister's <clears throat> visiting um, us next week, so I was considering trying yeah. to do it. Nice. Uh I don't know what to do with Paige. Mm. I need mm-hmm. to work that out. Mm-hmm. This is something we're really finding um, tough now that my wife has started working is not having any family nearby. Yeah. Um, like I grew up um, sharing a house with... Sharing a house. I grew up in a house that someone else owned. <laughs> I, my parents, namely. Yeah. Um, but I, the, Subletting my house from yeah. my parents. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Like, when I was growing up, we had a house with my parents in it, my grandparents, and my uncle and his uh, girlfriend. Wow. So, like... Full house. Yeah. Um, we, like, have a sort of 
we have a large extended family, but like a small core that sort of sticks together. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're currently all in Arizona. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, we've moved to Boston. Yep. And my sister's moved to Chicago, um, which was fine uh, while Jess wasn't working. Yeah. Um, but like yesterday, I, you know, sort of at the back of my mind, I was thinking it would be really fucking useful if we had a grandma nearby mm. right now who could yeah. help us out. Yep. Um, I know this isn't a sustainable option, but do you, do you have babysitters lined up? Is that a thing? No. Uh, no? This okay. is something we should yeah, sort out. Um, Care.com or something. Right. But it's something that we haven't needed until now because... Right. Yeah, yeah. No, I was thinking about that the other day, too, because I was like, I was thinking, I was like, oh, yeah, we should, you know, Matt and Jess and Katie and I should go to Boda Borg sometime. And yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. Do they have babysitters or how do they figure that out? Yeah. We need to sort that out. Yep. It'd be good um, to at least have as a backup option or some, yeah, you know, um, gets pricey, I'm sure, <laughs> like very quickly if you, if you, yeah. if it becomes like a, a habit, a normal thing, but yeah. Um, well, I also don't, um, yeah, I like spending time with my daughter, yeah. so. No, that's good. It's good. Yeah. I'm not telling you that <laughs> <laughs> you should replace yeah. yourself with a babysitter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you think she'd do well in Bodeborg? I think she might, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I could see her going through the, the, the uh, spotlight one. Yeah. Just like army crawling through there. Yeah. She would like that. Um, she has, she's crawling on top of everything. We made the mistake of buying her a set of stairs, like two steps. Uh And she now just carries that everywhere and puts (laughs) it down and then climbs on top of stuff. And at the time we bought it thinking, oh, we can leave it in front of the sink and then she can wash her hands. Yeah, yeah. This is a thing she sees us doing and enjoys doing herself. You think of like the most like utilitarian, useful right and usages she, of this thing. And she's like, oh, no, this means I can get to like where all the lighters are and the <laughs> candles and the knives. and Oh, perfect. <laughs> all the glassware. Yeah. Uh, this is great. Oh, man. Yeah. All the stuff that I've been eyeing, but yeah. just waiting to touch. <laughs> Oh, man. And so she loves these stairs now. Mm-hmm. Um, she started saying higher. Yeah. It's good. Which is good. Nice. Anyway, um, you didn't go into the office yesterday. Right. And I gave a talk on Cockney rhyming slang. Um, Cockney rhyming slang. Yes. Okay. So do Three we want to go through all of those words? Let me, let me, let me try this. Cockney is a uh, is a dialect? No. Nope. It's a county? Nope. It's a city? <laughs> nope. It's a region? Yes. Uh, I guess it's <laughs> here, here we go. People? It's a okay. Okay. But associated with a region? Got it. Um they say to be a true cockney you have to be born within hearing range of the bow bells in London. Okay. On the East End. Right. This is Mary LeBeau's church. Mary LeBeau's church. Which is on Cheapside, which is a road in East London. Cheapside. Cheapside. It says that on a map? Yeah. Cheapside. I mean, it says it on the road as well. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Cockney rhyming slang. Yeah. Um, So, uh, is this what Brad Pitt 
spoke in that in Snatch? Um, <laughs> no. So I don't know. I don't. No, I don't think it is. I don't remember if there was any Cockney rhyming slang, but there were um, Cockney accents. Yep. Uh, but it it's like a, a it's an East London, um, yep, sort of thing. Very. Uh, it's sort of associated by like uh, living by your wits rather than by your by physical strength, like um, <laughs> tricking people into yep, um, and being very wily street smarts kind yes, of stuff exactly uh-huh um and so rhyming you obviously know a lot about um because that's why, what you think why of, is that obvious because that's what you think a pun is <laughs> <laughs> that's so good yeah um, so true <laughs> so you know a lot about rhyming um and obviously slang is just uh <clears throat> so slang the the whole point of slang is to make new words that other people not in your group wouldn't understand. Would you agree with that? So it's like a secret code. Exactly. Um, that your culture kind of right. identifies with. And you, you, you see this <clears throat> everywhere. Um, but I feel like you see it a lot more with English, especially hmm. because it's so widespread of these like um, small areas that build up their own dialects mm-hmm. um, so that you can quickly work out if someone is in your group, this is why every this is why regions also develop regional accents. Right, it's because as humans we're sort of tribal by nature, and we we need really quick ways to work out if you're a member of you, mm, mm-hmm. the same tribe. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, hailing from northwestern Pennsylvania and close to Pittsburgh. Um, there's definitely some regional accent there that is right. really interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and so we have this sort of inbuilt in our heads mm-hmm. to um, sort of uh, when we express ourselves to um, show the tribe that we mm-hmm. most associate Identify with. with. Yep. Yeah. And that's why people's accents change. And mm-hmm. like, um, I I'm find that um, keeping an English accent has been beneficial. Um, <laughs> in America. In America. Yeah. And so I haven't developed an American accent. But don't we see you as an alien and some, like, you don't belong here? Or no? So no. Why does it benefit you? Uh, it's like plus 10 to authority. <laughs> Immediately people assume whatever I'm saying is right. Yeah, no, I ask you that question as a devil's advocate because I know, like, that's yeah. basically the reason this podcast exists is because we need to <laughs> showcase your accent. It's <laughs> looking for a little bit of credibility. Yeah. Just a, you know, that's all I needed was just a... Just a touch. Just of, a touch. Yeah. And that's here what we are. I, what I bring to it mm-hmm. as a persistent guest. <laughs> Man, um, if only you had glasses. If you had glasses and the accent, I feel like that's like double trouble. Cause it's like, I, ooh, yeah. yeah. I don't know. There's still that like... I had glasses. Oh. I had LASIK. Mm. <laughs> You're shaking your head. Bad choice. Bad choice. <laughs> I didn't enjoy wearing glasses. Yeah, well, other people enjoyed you wearing glasses. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, I look like an alien without glasses, so that's, I'm a little biased. But. Right. Anyway. Um, so yeah, I find that fascinating. It's, it's actually, um, to a greater extent, the same with languages. Um, right. There's... Um, I think there's an island in the South Americas that has the 
most languages per square mile or something. Oh, interesting. And it's it's like this really tiny area, but every single tribe has like a completely different language. Wow. So that they can, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. That's funny. Um, I wonder what forces that to particular regions. Yeah, I don't know. Is it? But there, is there, is, there... There, there is something inbuilt in us that we, we want to have this distinction. Right. But I'm curious, like on that island, is there, is it peaceful there? Or they have a lot of kind of... Yeah. Warring or, you know, skirmishes. Right. Uh, so I wonder if that's, if there's a correlation there between like how, how differentiated you are, like with language. Right. And how you interact. Yeah. You know, as a yeah. society together. So I, I heard all this from a, um, <clears throat> a, a language professor, mm -hmm. um, a linguist uh, who's originally from Vietnam. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I've spoken about this before, how the Vietnamese language doesn't have a sort of past, uh, past and future tense. It sort of yeah, only yeah, has yeah. a present tense. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, you mentioned that. Um, and so uh, he tells this fantastic story about going to um, university to study engineering. Mm. Um, and he's grown up in the US. English is sort of his first language. He was a baby when they left Vietnam. Mm -hmm. And um, he... He goes through his first year of engineering and he is absolutely miserable. He hates it. Mm -hmm. And he is dreading telling his dad that this is how he feels. Right. Um, because he's like, he's put in so much time. This has been such a big um, thing for him, this mm -hmm. life decision. And um, he finally builds up the courage and he goes and tells his dad, I, I'm not enjoying myself. I really, I really think I need to do something different. Mm-hmm. And his dad just looks at him and says, so do something different. <laughs> yeah. And like his dad's sort of, you know, because he's grown up with Vietnamese, uh, his mental framework is a lot less about living in the past and worrying about <laughs> what did happen or. Yeah. The, uh, what do they call it? The, um, they're less susceptible to the sunken cost fallacy. Right. Where you say, well, I've gone this far, so I need to finish this out because, you know, right. otherwise it would have been a waste. Yeah. And this is like, nope, just think, and he's think like, now, like, yeah. he's however like, you feel. You're obviously not enjoying this. Yeah, like it's not worth just completing. Do something different. Um, the flip hmm. side to this is that um, you can't be as forward thinking as well. Hmm. Um, which may be why... Uh, languages that encourage uh past and future tense seem more prevalent hmm. um i don't know if that's actually true maybe might be an evolutionary reason to 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 plan out more to have that to, mental to have framework that, to be able to think back and be like oh historically this happened so this is how i should behave exactly ideally huh. um but it, uh, i mean but the, the history yeah history is also it's also bad to dwell on the past exactly right it's also yeah. not good for you in a lot of ways. Right. Um, there, we were, needs, there needs to be some balance. I was talking about this with someone about how, um, oh yeah, the other night with uh, Katie's parents about someone who has a perfect memory, like oh. a crazy perfect memory. Yeah. She can tell you where she was on June 12th, 1984. Yeah. What she had for breakfast, what, like what the weather was, all this, like an insane memory. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know if you, 
if you could flip a switch and have that type of memory, would you do that? Would you right. want that? So um, we had spoken earlier about your friend who could see colors when they're hearing mm. sounds. Yep. Um, what's that condition called? Synesthesia. Synesthesia. Yep. Um, and there was a... Uh, I was listening to NPR uh, the other weekend, and they have the TED Radio Hour. Yeah. Where mm-hmm. they'll take like a TED Talk and then dive a little deeper into it, try and get the talker and interview them. Yep. Uh, speaker um and so they were, guy raz right yep and they were talking about um uh this first case of someone with a perfect memory mm-hmm. and this person had synesthesia yep um and uh they found out while he was working as a reporter and um his editor got furious at this guy because he never took notes mm-hmm. like every morning they would meet and he'd dole out um jobs for pe- for different reporters to cover. Yeah. And this guy would never take notes. And eventually he called him into his office and he's like, are you, like, do you want to even be here? Like, yeah. what's the deal? And he just rattled and, off. Every yeah. Single and he was just like, well, I just remember it all. Oh and he gosh. goes, okay, well, what did I assign you like last week that you assigned me this? And he, he would just like, yeah, perfect memory. Just say, wow. And, um, uh, people who go into memory competitions the thing they have is uh they'll like uh associate numbers with images or mm-hmm. uh, places and things and so you'll rattle off like um something and they'll have associated it in an image and and that's much easier to remember than just trying to remember the fact on its own um and his form of synesthesia basically did that automatically mm. so people would say things and he'd see scenes and so when he was recalling things, he'd be like, well, okay, I'm walking through like a Lund- uh, New York suburb and hmm. to my left, I see this, which means that you said this. Wow. Um, so these, he has these like built-in strategies for keeping these memories. Right. But he doesn't try, he doesn't, he doesn't make th- an effort to He do doesn't that. think about it. Yeah. It, but that's totally how he subconscious. recalls it. Yeah. It just happens. Wow. Um, do you... The, um, the problem is like eventually um, everything's meaningless. Hmm. So in later life, he worked, uh, you know, in a circus, mm-hmm. basically, and people would shout out things at him and he'd <laughs> recall perfectly what they had said. Wow. Um, but eventually what would happen is someone would say, like, dog. Yep. And he would recall every dog he'd ever seen. He'd recall, um, you know, every, like, the guy who had shouted it out. He'd recall everyone who looked even remotely like this person. He'd recall every scene that was remotely... It's sort wow. of just like totally overwhelming. Yeah. And yeah, I wouldn't want that. Did you, um, have you heard of the villain of the Ted Radio Hour? I haven't. Uh, Guy Raz Al Ghul. <laughs> okay. That's really bad. Sorry, I was waiting. <laughs> I was waiting a long time for that one. Um, That's so bad. Um, anyway, we've gone like fucking miles away from where we started. Cockney yeah. rhyming slang. Wow. Sure. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, Cockney rhyming. <laughs> Let's talk about the invention of language. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Cockney rhyming slang. Uh, <laughs> Welcome to the Wikipedia podcast. <laughs> yeah, we're just following deeper and deeper links. <laughs> uh, so uh, we think it originated in around 1840 um, and was used by uh, merchants in East London um, and mm-hmm. it was thought so that they could talk without customers having any idea what the fuck they were talking about. Oh. So you could 
basically signal like, signal like, signal between each other yeah. like hey we got a we got one here that we yeah, can there's uh, a bit of a lemon here yeah yeah like, you can basically say any price and he's gonna Ooh. pay it um yep and, that reminds me of have you seen glengarry glen ross i have not oh my gosh oh it's so good it's so good um but it's about it's about salesmen basically okay. and uh i mean there's some deeper stuff there but um but there's some really fun scenes where um, is it Jack Lemon and Al Pacino, they're trying to like signal to each other, but they're failing. And, <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, it's like I'm trying to work here. Like, don't mess this sale up for me. And they're trying to like, yeah. Oh man, I don't want to ruin it too much. But uh, add that to your to your homework list. To my homework list. It's okay. really good. Speaking um, of homework, I have not played Firewatch yet. Okay. Like you asked me to two weeks ago. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. So can Do you I, have it? Can I, I don't have it yet. Okay. Can I play it in spurts or do you recommend playing it all five, uh, six hours at a time and no, just I, doing I, it all at once? I played it in um, three or four seasons. Okay. Okay. I don't think it diminishes if you... Right. Just don't, away. don't take like a month break in between or like, I don't I mean, know. I mean, even so, I, like how long does it take you to read a book? <clears throat> a long time. Yeah. I mean, you do that over. Yeah, that's true. I don't think that's a problem. Okay. Um, and if you're not enjoying it, don't play it. Right. Yeah, no, it was more, I, I don't yeah. know. For some reason I thought I had heard like, oh no, you should really finish it all in one sitting. Just do yeah. it all. I like, I don't know. Lots of people really have, have opinions. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Maybe I listen too much. Yeah. Maybe that's why I can't escape Alcatraz. <laughs> listen to the so the red light that says "Don't go, to the, don't escape, <laughs> don't be a free man." Anyway, <laughs> so yep, Cockney rhyming slang. Oh, we haven't even okay. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> you ready? You ready? To oh, you're gonna play some? I'm not gonna play some. I'm gonna. Oh, I want to hear it. Okay. Um. So I'll give you an example. Can you just um, finish oh, the episode seen, out? Have in... you seen Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels? Yes. I mean, there's a there's a scene in the pub where he's describing cocktail. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds familiar. Um, and yeah. Okay. So that has a lot of uh, rhyming slang in it. Yep. Um, but the the basic way the that Cockney rhyming slang works is that you uh, are replacing words with other words and the link is through a rhyme okay uh but the rhyme is inferred from what you're saying so you basically have to know what the rhymes are oh so um i'll give you an example uh phrase um it nearly knocked me off my plates he was wearing a syrup so i ran at the apples got straight on the dog to my trouble and said i couldn't believe mimincers which sounds like total nonsense. Ah, uh, okay, good. Yeah, I wasn't yeah. sure what I was supposed <laughs> to get out of that. So um, the, first, the first replacement in that is um, it nearly knocked me off my plates. So plates is the first rhyme. Okay. So you have to know what's the follow-on from plates is. So plates is plates of meats. This is something you just have to know. What? Okay. So uh, plate, a plate of meat... Yeah. Rhymes with feet. 
Oh. So that's the replacement. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So it knocked me off my feet. You uh-huh. say it knocked me off my plates. <laughs> <laughs> he wow. was wearing a syrup. So the rhyme is syrup, syrup a syrup of figs. Which rhymes with wigs. <laughs> oh my gosh. So he was wearing a wig. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I ran up the apples. So the rhyme is apples and pears, which rhymes with stairs. <laughs> so I ran up the stairs. Yeah. Wait, so, all right. Is there a fixed list of these substitutions? Like apples well, and pears? Well, right. This is the idea. Or is it just, no, you have to like the idea, take yeah, it. The idea is that the, this is a fixed list, but it's a list that constantly evolves and changes. Mm. Because the whole idea is for you to be able to determine, is this person a cockney? Right, right, right. If they're around the area, they're gonna be, yeah. they're gonna be within that while it's evolving, and, and they're gonna start. And they're gonna catch all the new right, the new jargon. But the the really cool thing about these uh, phrases is that that some of them have made it into um, language as a whole, and mm. people don't realize it. <laughs> uh, so an example that you would probably know is uh, to blow a raspberry. Yeah, like. Yeah. What the fuck? What does raspberries have to do with that? But the rhyme is raspberry tart, which rhymes with fart. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's so good. Yeah. Wow. No one has any fucking idea. Wow. Um, Another one is... I think you've really struck the topic that is perfect for me to learn about because it involves rhyming, puns, (laughs) and... What's the other thing? I'm, I don't remember. I'm on the edge of my seats. I am too. Um, What's the other thing? I don't know. I got really excited about it and then I forgot. <laughs> um, I like it. Is it hematalia? What? <laughs> oh, that's, ed- that's ed- the- etymology. Etymology. Uh, yeah. Right? right? Where does to blow a raspberry come from? Yeah. Etymology, puns, rhyming. Rhymes. Yeah. It's like my wheelhouse. So Thank you. Thank um, you. other examples that you'll probably know about. Yep. Taking the mickey. Nope. No idea where that... Don't think I've heard that. What? Like... No. Making fun of something? No. Take... Oh, okay. Never mind. Uh, puts up your dukes? Yeah. Oh. Okay, hold on. Let me let me try. Ooh. Let me try. Yeah. Okay. Guess what the rhyme is. Dukes. He's a famous duke, you know. Duke of Earl. Okay. <laughs> That's not the so, right duke. <laughs> Earl rhymes with... Curl. Curls. And... Yeah. Yeah. Like a left curl. <laughs> curling your fists. Curling your hands into fists. If you're Canadian, you need your arms for curling. <laughs> so, Which is how you fight. Right. By curling. <laughs> That's my Canadian rhyming. That's how they duel each other. Yeah. Um, okay. Famous Duke. Duke uh, of York. Duke of York. Okay. Duke of York. Yeah. So that's the rhyme. Rhyming with put up your... Sporks. Yes. Put up so your... Close. What is a spork made of? Fork. Yeah. Put up your fork. Yeah. Put up your forks. And in um, a fork was a common substitution for a hand. Because oh, of, of the, the fingers. The, the, what do you call those? The, the, te- the prongs. The t- tines. Tines? The tines. Sure. Yeah. The tangs? I'm just making stuff up now. I think it's tines. Okay. Yeah. 
Wow. That's fun. Yeah. Rhyming slang has made its way <clears throat> to uh, other uh, British colonies. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in South Africa or um, Australia, mm-hmm. there's also rhyming slang. Um, so if I were to visit Australia, they might call me a pom, a pommy. Okay. Uh, which is for an Englishman. Um, the reason is that uh, pommy is short for pomegranate. Yeah. Which, if you say with an Australian accent, rhymes with immigrant. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Um, But it's specifically immigrant from Britain. So, most, almost all immigrants to Australia were originally British. Right. Um, Okay. At the time that this uh, phrase became popular. Yep. This name. Um, If you were to visit Australia, you might be called a septic. So, actually, you might be able to guess this one. So, septic... What's the second word? Septic... System. Septic system. Uh, Maybe... A septic... Ulcer. (laughs) Is that a thing? Peptic? Peptic? So, people who aren't connected to the sewer system have a septic... Tank. Yeah. Okay. Which rhymes with... With a Frank, a popular name for Americans, which is a Yank. Yank, yeah, so. a septic. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it's kind of fun. Yeah, I could see, I could see that, like walking into a into a pub, you know, as a, as a dumb American. Yeah, and they're kind of like sneering and like, oh, look at this septic. We got a septic. You yeah, know? it's like their little inside joke that they can enjoy. Right. You know. That's fun. Uh, one that is popular around England that I didn't realize is a rhyming slang, but you probably never heard it here, is a burke. Hmm. Like, you'd call someone a burke if they were an idiot or, like, oh, that guy's such a burke. Uh-huh. Um, and that's used all over the country. Okay. Pretty much. Um, now, burke is referring to the Berkeley hunt, which is a big um, hunt in England. And that rhymes with a particular C word. <laughs> wow. And and yeah. so this is one of the things about Cockney rhyming slang is that it, it totally hides the original... The original offensiveness. Right. Yeah. And so a lot of people are saying this and not realizing <laughs> yeah, sort of its et- the connotation. etymology. Because it's, it's a much softer word. Right. Like you'd hear that in everyday conversation, whereas you probably are not going to hear yep. its namesake. My, uh, my grandma... Uh, used to say sugar tit okay she would say oh sugar tit you know yeah. in church or whatever like yeah and as a way to not say shit yeah uh, my funny my grandma would say uh sherbet <laughs> oh sherbet <laughs> that's good yeah um well even i mean there's a lot of things like that too like geez oh geez mm. it's like yeah you know people who would think that saying God damn it is blasphemy. Right. Would never think twice about, oh, geez. Yeah. When it's like, oh, it's kind of, it's kind of the same thing. Yeah. 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 You haven't changed the meaning. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, that's fun. <laughs> um, yeah. Ooh. So do you think we could write a Cockney slang generator? So uh, there already is one. There's a Cockney slang translator. Translator. Okay. So you can put in like paragraphs of text and it will translate it into Cockney. That is so fun. Yeah, which is pretty cool. Um, uh, there was an idea around the office that we could create our own rhyming slang mm. for developer things. Yeah. So, yeah. first word, 
I thought of yep. is um, we're going to, you know, open a Kleenex for this. Open a Kleenex for this. Yeah. It's against uh, on your repo. It's a pull request. Mm, what's the rhyme? Kleenex. Kleenex tissue. Rhymes An with. issue. Oh, shit. Oh. <laughs> nice. We need a microphone in the middle for high, for high, high fives. fives. Yeah. <laughs> Just like. I'll turn that up in post. Yeah. I won't do that. You won't. <laughs> I won't spend the time to find that. Yeah. Uh. So I announced this uh, lightning talk in Slack by saying, if you haven't a Scoobies and want to take a butcher's, join me up the apples and I knock you off your plates onto your arras. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Which means if you haven't a clue and you want to take a look, join me up the stairs and I'll knock you off your feet onto your arse. <laughs> <laughs> That's so fun. Um, Man. Arras is one of my favorites because arras is short for Aristotle. Okay. okay. Aristotle rhymes with bottle. <laughs> which is a the the next rhyme wait so they can go multiple so they levels. go multiple levels oh my gosh so you go aristotle bottle and then bottle and glass rhymes with arse but it, the funny thing is arse yeah already resembles so like, so it's i think i think they go it's multi- close but actually very far away from yeah and i think they go multiple levels the more well known the slang becomes so this one has actually gone a level mm. deeper <laughs> So instead of saying Aris, you'll now say um, Allah, which is short for Alabaster. Oh my gosh. Alabaster is closely related to Plaster of Paris, which rhymes with Aris, which is short for Aristotle, (laughs) which rhymes with Bottle. (laughs) Bottle and Glass Arse. This is like. Yeah, this you, is like the Tor network for words. You'd love this this shit. It's yeah, it's the telephone game. It, yeah, but oh my gosh! Uh, so telephone is dog in Cockney rhyming slag. Uh-huh. Uh, slang, slag, slag. It rhymes with bag, bag. <laughs> sometimes you have a gun in the bag, and that makes a bang, and that rhymes with slang. Yeah. So there we go. Slag. <laughs> um. So yeah. Uh. The. So, uh, dog is phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, Obviously. Dog and bone rhymes with phone. Mm. Um, trouble is one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get on the dog to my trouble. Um, trouble is trouble and strife, which rhymes with life. <laughs> trouble and strife. <laughs> trouble and That's strife. not even... I don't know about that. Yeah. Trouble and strife. So, this is the thing. is You, ha- you have to know... This is like <sighs> the, the secret key. Yeah. You have to know the rhyme. Well, it's not the rhyme, trouble and strife. Yeah. You have to know the related word right. to trouble. Yeah. To get the rhyme. Exactly. To get the real meaning. But it's always you are just taking the first <clears throat> word. So often when um, Cockney rhyming slang is first coming into use, like a new uh, rhyme has been created, you'll say the full rhyme until it's well known enough within the group that you can skip off the second oh, word. So you, oh, you'll say trouble and strife. Up until case. people make the association and then you'll just start shorten it to trouble. Huh. Wow. And this is why it's a great way to sort of work out who's in the know, who isn't, who is like yep. part of this group. <laughs> it's clever. Yeah. It's a clever way to uh, be prejudiced, <laughs> basically. <laughs> <laughs> to judge people very quickly. Yeah. Huh. Um... It's, Which, kind, of, it's yeah. kind of an artifact now. It yeah. 
dying out a bit. All of the uh, all of the rhymes are pretty old. Um, yeah, I like that however, it's captured in movies, and we're trying to because it is fun to yeah. hear and to. However, actually, um, recently there has been because uh, there are a lot of uh, academics who study this. Hmm. Sort of the development of language and yep. uh, trying to catalog all of these linguistics, um, yep. slang phrases and their meanings. Um, recently, it has been uh, Cockney rhyming slang has changed to be uh, sort of include Bangladeshi hmm. phrases because there's been a lot of immigration into East London wow. from that community. Huh. And so it, it's actually really cool to see an area keep the sort of rhyming slang alive but with a new yeah with like a, like a culture being injected infusion into it. of of bangladesh and so like new rhyming slang phrases are mixtures of english and bang bangladeshi because <laughs> it wasn't confusing enough before. yeah now it's like what is happening it's yeah it's pretty awesome wow that's cool neat cool shall we break we should have a break yeah now that we've actually spoken about <laughs> so welcome back to hunchpig to hunchpig ian's gonna open up in a ping pong mm-hmm. um an aristotle of ping pong right Yep. Oh, actually, it's a Britney. It's a Britney? Yeah, can you guess what? Uh, Britney is a... Who's a famous singer? Britney Spears. Yeah. It's a beer. Yeah. Wow. Famous singer. All right, here we go. Oh, I missed. Here we go. Oh. Yeah. That sounds better. Sounds like a... You also poured two uh, tiny glasses of the Irish Red. Yeah, the Celtic... Red ale. Celtic red ale. Um, for St. Paddy's. Uh, hard pour and yeah, a little bit a of little head bit, that is bit. now gone. <laughs> it's quick. It's yeah. Quick to die, but... Uh, I'll have that bubbly one. Quick to live, this one? No, the other one. The one with all the bubbles. Oh, the bubbly one. Yeah. <laughs> Good call. Um, actually, this is probably... You know what? We should start with the other one. Oh, yeah? At least just a... Tr- Taste just, it, okay. So it's not because the 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 um, stout is so so much going on flavor wise. Celtic red ale is very simple. Yeah, that's good. You like it? The Celtic red ale. It's got a bit of a tang to it. Yeah, it does. I like it though. Hmm. I approve. Hmm. So we um good. we bottled my beer last night. Yeah. That was exciting. I've never bottled beer before. Mm-hmm. Um it was pretty straightforward. So the block um, block party Amber block Ale. Party Amber Ale. Yep. Mm-hmm. So um I have this I have the bucket of beer that we made well, that I made two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I spoke about it earlier. It's just been sitting there for two weeks. Fucking rotting, I guess. <laughs> no. Um, and we opened it up last night. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, Ian came over to help me bottle. Um, and it looks unappealing <laughs> because it has, um, like, sort of a mixture of hops and yeast mm-hmm. floating on the top. Part of but the, it, the Krausen kind of sticks right. around the top of the rim of, of the beer. Yeah. And, um, but there's just like a, a dotting on the top and then mm-hmm. like the rest of it has sunk to the bottom. Yep. Um, which when we got to the bottom, you could see is it's like a sand. Yeah. Like a muddy, sandy yeah. kind of yeasty stuff. Um, and so to bottle it, you uh, siphon all of the beer into a bottling bucket. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I had a main fermenter bucket, which does not have a tap on it. So right. I, I have to use the siphon, whereas you've upgraded to having a tap on both bottles. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have we had to siphon it into the bottling bucket, which has the tap on. Right. Um, so you first clean and... Um, sanitize the... Sanitize the bottling bucket mm-hmm. and anything that's going to touch the beer. Mm-hmm. So we did that. Um, siphoned the beer into the bottling bucket. Yep. Um, which was really straightforward. Um, again, after you squirted uh, sanitizer all over the table. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like the siphon's not working and just uh, like playing with the thing yeah. in the sanitizer and then <laughs> squirted sanitizer <laughs> all over the Yeah, table. don't do that. Yep. Uh, um <laughs> Yeah, so siphoning really straightforward. Um, also amazing. I was amazed by siphoning every time. Every time you do it. Yeah, it's a natural, I think it's a natural wonder. Yeah. The, oh, uh, I, and actually we, we talked, uh, I told you about superfluids. Right. So okay. I, I was amazed that siphoning works because of mostly the cohesion, cohesive properties of water, right? How the water kind of wants to grab on to... Right itself and can um, kind of pull pretty much most down any any liquid yep uh-huh so like once you get started the you know you have a liquid moving from a high gravitational potential to a low mm-hmm. it's basically rolling downhill yep um but i suppose the the amazing bit about siphoning is that it goes it climbs up first it climbs uh, up the siphon right. and then goes down right is what you're sort of mm-hmm. the wonder that you get yep. when you do siphoning. Um, but the thing is with a uh, superfluid, which is um, something like liquid helium that has been cooled close to z- zero Kelvin, mm-hmm. will do that essentially without a siphon. Right. So if you have... And without... Yeah, yeah. yeah. If you have gravity. a superfluid in a container, mm-hmm. it will climb up the edge of the container and over oh. to get to a lower right gravitational potential which i think is what happens in the book monster blood by rl <laughs> stein if anyone's familiar with that yeah which is crazy oh. um yeah yeah um yeah i wouldn't recommend drinking a super super fluid i mean it would be very cold super liquid or super fluid this is super fluid super fluid yeah yep um wow yeah it's really cool yeah uh so we we uh got it in there and then you basically have a tube that's connected to the tap of the bottling bucket we have not added the stuff yet that makes oh, shit. it bubbly. Yeah. um so before you do that you have to throw in um a ton of sugar mm-hmm. corn sugar 
to Which is um, very fine, like more fine than yeah. confectioner sugar. It dissolves extremely easily. Yeah, it was crazy. Like throw because beforehand uh, I boiled two cups of water to throw the sugar into to dissolve it, mm-hmm. and then we poured that into the beer. Right, and the reason to do that is to give the yeast more food. Yep. Um, so that when we put it in the bottles, it will release carbon dioxide and carbonate the beer. Yep. So the yeast kind of come back to life after being a little dormant in, right. the, in the late stages of fermentation. They kind of come back because like, oh, there's some more food here. Let's, uh, let's eat that. And yeah. that's how you get the carbonation. Um, so that was cool. Uh, we had like, you called it a wand on yeah. the end of the... Um, a bottling wand. Yeah. On the end of the tube. Uh, Coming the, out of the bottling bucket. Yeah. Yep. And that's really cool because it has like a uh, like a bit at the bottom of it that mm-hmm. when you push in, it opens and releases the beer. It's a valve, basically like a little yeah. springy. So you like maybe it's not even a spring. I think it's just like a a ball, yeah, kind of like a ball bearing type thing. Yeah, because like the liquid the liquid will push it down. Right, the liquid pushes it down, so it you know gives it a seal, closes it up. Yeah, but then when you press, so you put the wand into the bottle, and when it touches the bottom of the bottle pushes up on that little um device very yeah. very simple device and releases the, releases the water yeah yeah you were you were very impressed with that yeah simple well because it was really easy to bottle the beer yeah like um we um sanitized all the beer bottles and then we just sat there like with this wand you just push it on the bottom the bottle mm-hmm. would fill up yep you'd fill it up to the top pull out the wand and that would leave like a half inch gap at the top of the bottle Mm -hmm. which is what you want yep um and that was super quick yeah i might need to get one of those again yeah (laughs) because i had one and i and i couldn't remember why it didn't work out for me i was like why did i not use one of those and i think um i think i just had the wrong size right of wand um but they're i mean they're probably four dollars or something like they're it's very it's a piece of plastic basically but yeah um yeah it's fun how it's like such a simple piece of technology yeah makes that process so much easier yeah yeah, it's cool. Um, the beer smelt very banana-y. Mm-hmm. It just, like, reeks of bananas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's interesting. Yep. We'll see what it's like in two weeks. Yeah, I wonder... Um, so that is a, a very natural kind of off... Not off, but like a natural byproduct aroma of mm. yeast doing its thing. I don't think it's anything to worry about. Yeah. But um, we could look that up. I The book I have... Um, how to brew by john palmer has um like a troubleshooting section okay where it's like all these questions like my beer will not stop bubbling like it will not stop right you know fermenting basically it's like ooh, that's probably some wild yeast or something got you know yeah took hold in your beer um or it's like smell it tastes a little bit like uh, there's some like green apple flavors that are sour when it's not supposed to be. And that's like, oh, yeah. you probably got this bug or this. So I've heard of um, like there's open air fermentation mm-hmm. where you have it in a basically a big open container. Yep. So... Sierra Nevada is, is a really big um, brewery that does that. Right. Um, I've heard that there is there are beers that you brew without adding yeast. Because it takes yeast from the air. Hmm. Um, are, you about, are you talking about sour beers, do you think? or I'm not sure. This okay. is just something I read. Yeah, so... Um, but there is like a natural yeast. 
Yeah, I guess it depends on where you are. what you consider natural and what you consider, you know, wild or whatever. But right, because there's there are so yeast is a fungus, which is kind of weird to think about. Yeah, but um, there are other types of I think fungus fungi that um, do the same job, but right. produce different flavors, different kind of um, temperatures that they work well in. Mm. And sour beers, um, what is it? There's some other strain that is kind of, uh, it's a Brettanomyces or something. Yeah, a lot of syllables in there that I'm a little unsure of. But um, they give a really tart kind of flavor uh, on the tongue. Um, Lambics, are you aware of Lambics? Lambics are... um, brewed with this really particular strain of of wild um fungi okay um for centuries yeah that's developed from um kind of the same original strain so there's these like there's these strains of yeast that have been going in um uh, what are they called where monks are <laughs> where monks live <laughs> uh mountains <laughs> temples uh whatever yeah uh century old breweries right okay that like scrape the yeast off the walls of the brewery like there's these stories (laughs) where it's like that's where it started yeah and they keep it going and it's become this like special recipe that because it's so yeah it's like so custom right to their beer yeah that you cannot actually replicate it right um so there's a there's a whole like side business in brewing and home brewing around trying to like capture these special yeasts mm. and kind of reinvigorating them and, and reculturing them right in a way that kind of um, keeps the characteristics of a certain style of beer that you you'd want to brew right um, and mm. I don't know all the specifics around it obviously because I don't really interesting understand a lot of that stuff but it's it is fun. Um, you can buy these vials of like cultured yeast that is very like oh this is perfect for this very particular Belgian style right or whatever yeah um, but yeah I haven't gotten too far into into that I I basically use the same yeast every time yeah for the beers that I like so but. there is that project that mapped the um, entire human genome mm-hmm. Um, and this is something that's very easy nowadays to map genomes. Is there like a, is there essentially the same thing for yeasts? Are people making Mm. like genetically custom? (laughs) Yeah. It's a good question. I'm not sure. Um, there's a company called white labs. Okay. Out of San Diego. Um, and I was kind of bummed out, actually. We we went to San Diego last year on mm. vacation for a week. And in hindsight, I was bummed out. I was like, oh, I should have gone to White Labs. Yeah. Because they have, they do some really interesting experiments there huh. um, with yeast. And they... And they have like a tasting room. Yeah, they have a tasting they room. with them. Yep. So they have a tasting room where they brew, one of the things they do is they brew the same exact recipe of beer. But with different Only yeasts. altering the yeast. Oh, interesting. So they, it's the same recipe. Yeah. But they just kind of showcase what their different yeast strains do um, to the flavors. Oh, man. They have... That's um, kind of fascinating. 
They're not only there. They also have one in Copenhagen. Oh, yeah? And one in Hong Kong. Wow. Huh. Yeah, they're, they're um, kind of considered kind of the elite kind of place to get right. your, your yeast from. Order online, check out our gift shop. Mm-hmm. Oh, this looks pretty cool. And you can culture your own, like anything. Yeah. Um, it's all books, enzymes, nutrients, lab supplies. Yep. Man. Yeah, so it's fun. It's kind of fun in the sense that you could, um, you could buy yeast from them. Yeah. And culture it yourself. Oh, with... man. They do consulting, like if you wanted to open your own yeah. brewery. Yep. Huh. Um, yeah, you could buy yeast from them, culture it yourself, and kind of take it, you know, it'll become its own thing, I think, depending on the environment it's in. Um, and then you can have like your own, this is my yeast now. You know, yeah. like this is my little, little uh, variation on this. Strain. That's cool. And that's like becomes part of your breweries. Because you can keep it going, right? Yeah. Like it's just, you just need to culture it and um, take care of it and keep it going. Huh. Which I haven't gotten into. I think I think that's one of the, my next steps in my brewing career. Is to get these sort of um, well, is to rarer yeasts and start either, doing the same recipe, but with different yeasts. Either that, yeah, that plus... Um, reusing yeast oh yeah like you can you can um can really use the same yeast right mul- five six times yeah because all it's done is multiply right yeah so it, it goes dormant but it's really it'll pick up again yeah right if you give it the right environment so right. um it does kind of weaken and get a little less effective over time right if you don't like give it the nutrients it needs and stuff mm. kind of wears out right um against all the alcohol and kind of the conditions but yep. um i mean if you're brewing a lot it could save some money i don't know it's like five bucks for a yeast packet yeah it's not much but it's i think it's just more fun and interesting to like keep the keep it going and yeah. culture it um huh but that's cool you want to talk about trump's penis i mean i don't want to i don't know why um, what, what's happened i feel like i have to i haven't been keeping up so we talked about a a a british was it a is a um politician of sorts who um was accused of something with his oh uh having a mistress or something no involving a pig oh yeah 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 Yeah, the prime prime minister okay yeah um sticking his penis so i figured you know the least we could do is talk about an american politician um and his penis yeah, so I, I didn't want to talk about this, but <laughs> no, I think this is the point is that it shouldn't, we shouldn't bring it up. Like we shouldn't, it shouldn't be a topic. Right. But at a official Republican um, debate, yes, televised debate, he, <laughs> he talks about, he's obsessed with the size of his hands. Yes. Yeah. That. I've heard about this. Right. Um. So he decided to mention that in the debate, like national televised debate, he said, basically he said, um, whatever about the size of my hands, but I'll promise you, I'll promise you this, there's not a problem with the size of something else. (laughs) Okay. And like very much hinting at his genitals. I see. 
and it just it broke this this it went past this line for me <laughs> where i was just like but this is a little much really well no i mean he's he's broken a lot of lines that's not fair to say that that was the first thing it's not the first offensive thing he said but it right. was it was taken but i don't think it's offensive i also think it it's probably the one of the reasons for his um massive success right yeah like you seriously can't imagine saying something stupid <laughs> what do you mean like uh, surrounded by cameras mm-hmm. heat of the moment oh saying something idiotic idiotic i think i think the point yeah. is that a lot of people empathize with trump well right because that is that's true it's it's a way for him to to distinguish himself right from all these politically correct people yeah who are who have to who are careful with every single word and every single right um image that they're giving off yeah but so yes i i get your point there yeah that um i think that's probably using that i think that's why i find him so terrifying yeah um like but I, there's more to I do think being he, a good a good president th- than being a bad politician or a yeah or not a politician I, right like but the problem is that know. we we have you know don't get me wrong I think democracy is the best of all the options yeah um but that doesn't make it a good option basically well our version of it you mean well I mean basically it's a popular popularity contest. Yeah. Like, just because someone is right. potentially likable mm-hmm. does not make them a good leader. Right. I mean, I was senior class president, so right. I'm aware of that. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, was I likable? I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, right. I don't know. I was just embarrassed for my country <laughs> yeah and i just i understand that not talking about your genitals is a politically correct move but i just don't think i don't know yeah i don't want my president to <laughs> talk about that right uh, it's yeah yeah i think there's a serious embarrassing. problem um not only that Trump is doing so well, but also I, I don't know. I don't feel like anyone's excited about the Democratic candidates. Hmm. I understand that a lot. Of, I don't think that's true. I understand that a lot of people are excited about oh, okay. things that Hillary and Bernie say. Yeah, but there is nowhere near the um, excitement that there was about Obama in his yeah. original his original campaign. I don't know. I I actually see a lot. A lot of people have not turned out to vote on, what are they called, caucuses? Mm-hmm. More so than before? Yeah. Okay. So it's, it's basically flipped. I forget what the actual numbers are, but when um, Obama was running against Hillary eight years ago, mm-hmm. um, there were like however many Democrats turning up to caucus right. events and very few, uh, like 
I don't know, an order of magnitude less mm -hmm. Republicans. Because no one was particularly enamored right. or had strong opinions on the Republican candidates. Yep. And that's flipped. Interesting. Loads of people are turning out to Republican caucuses because they want to support their candidates. <laughs> and very few Democrats are turning out because, quite frankly, I don't think people care. Uh, I don't, I mean, I think Bernie... As a whole. Okay, maybe. Yeah. There's definitely like a young person um, uh, and kind of liberal socialist part of the party that is very excited about Bernie mm -hmm. in the way that I think that same section was ex mostly excited about Obama. But I think it is a smaller piece. Yeah. There are just not that many um, people turning up. Yeah. I don't know. We're not political pundits, so... Did I say pundits? Yeah. Pundits. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> so, whatever. But that's all. That's all I want to say. I was just a little embarrassed that uh Yeah. I mean, there, came are, up. there are other things to be embarrassed about. With that's true. There's there's actually more important things to be embarrassed I, with him. But. I am seriously concerned that he could become president. <clears throat> I know that people keep saying, like, no, it will never happen. But... But that's also what we said about him getting this far. Right. Right. I mean, people also said like, that. No, no, no. It'll, it'll, the first primary or, you know, he right. won't get farther. And it's like, well. People said that about Berlusconi, who was the Italian prime minister for mm. a long time. Yeah. Um, like, oh, all these, like, all these scandals, all this. Yeah, he's ridiculous. He'd never make it in. And then he did. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. That's depressing. Um, <laughs> okay, so we have now exhausted talking about Trump's penis. Um, I started playing the Talos Principle. The t okay, we've talked about this before. Yeah. Uh, what was this one? Long-time listener, Tom, right. had suggested that you play it next. Ah, that's uh, where it came up. Um, it's a puzzle game. It's a video game? Yep. Video. <laughs> okay. Yes. Um, and it, the Talos principle, let's see if I get this right. The Talos principle is the prince is a very simple, uh, philosophical, um, I guess, statement. Okay. That you are no longer alive if you take away all of your blood. <laughs> okay. Um, and so the principle is stating that the essence of life is blood. Is blood. Ooh. Is this is there gonna be a vampire angle? No. Okay. The basically the re, the the whole from what I understand, the whole point of this argument is that um it's sort of in contrast of um much higher philosophical um arguments. Mm. A lot of philosophy is very uh the mind versus yeah, talking about consciousness and the spirit uh, and what is the meaning of it all is the and, mind can you yeah and this is supposed to be like in stark <clears throat> contrast like no it's actually really simple it's like no you can pull the plug yeah and then it's just and then it's gone done unlike this duality where you have the mind and the body and right it's just like no it's just and so, a uh, machine that and, you can right turn off exactly kind of yeah and so um a, a lot of arguments would would come up, you know, a lot of philosophers would come up with these long, convoluted, deep 
Mm -hmm. no 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 it's actually a lot deeper of that and then someone would just reply what about the talos principle (laughs) yeah i would be like "Uh." Like if i take all your blood out do you have a mind yeah it's like (laughs) that's an oversimplification is it (laughs) is it sumner style is it (laughs) yeah um okay so but it's a so you said it's a puzzle game so how does right. the principle tie into a puzzle? So from what I so so basically you uh, you get dropped into this world. There's sort mm-hmm. of like a very Greek style architecture. Yeah, statues everywhere, marble pillars, um, and you are you hear this booming voice mm-hmm. um, saying, "I am Elowin." Okay, um, I have created all of this for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, you need to go and, um, oh, maybe don't, re- I don't know. I feel like it complete. I these mean, puzzles. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. That. Yeah. Okay. That's it. Um, I mean, I was the one that was chosen to play this game. Right. Uh, Elo- Elo- yeah, but you were taking, Elo- what did you say? Eloa? Elohim. Elohim. I, I believe it's to me. the, uh, Hebrew word for god elowin came to me I mean, there's many hebrew words for god um, one of the yeah elowin came to me in a, in a name for god used a, frequently in the hebrew bible elohim elowin came to me in a tweet and told me mm, that's you shall play the talos principle mm. tis your homework <laughs> um there's a lot of reading hmm. um but as someone who hasn't really studied philosophy in any yeah. meaningful way, I'm finding it uh, really interesting. Did you take any philosophy classes in college? Nope. I took a survey, intro, whatever, mm. to philosophy. It was kind of interesting. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, I'm enjoying this. I like the medium of video games to teach me things. Mm-hmm. It's cool. Yeah. I feel like I would I would I would like a very succinct like flashcard version of philosophers like theories and so this this might be for you then cool because it starts with Greek philosophy moves on to Egyptian oh neat um cool yeah I think that's why um Tom suggested it because we were talking about kind of some existential stuff yeah um cool so yeah I'll I mean Man, I have a lot of video game homework. Yeah, I've played a bit of it so far, so. Nice. Um, cool. Cool. How you, uh, how you feeling? I'm feeling, feeling like we covered some good things. Nice. You want to do the outro? Uh, yes. Uh, if you like Hunchpig, please leave us a review on iTunes. We have no reviews on iTunes. Can I just say that? <laughs> Is that true? Someone told me the other day that we had reviews on iTunes on oh. individual episodes. Never mind. We thank you for all the reviews on iTunes uh, that I appreciate. I don't get any notifications from them. Maybe that's why I just assumed hmm. that I didn't get a notification, so it doesn't exist. That's, that's the new philosophy of the world. Yeah. If I did not get a push notification for something, did it really happen? Did it really happen to yes. me? Is it in it my reality? I, no. No, it's no, not. It's not. Ooh, oh, quickly. that's that's good. Quickly, actually, before we end, There's something. There. Um, yeah, we talked about uh, the part of your brain that, like, um, you have like the diff passing. 
Yeah. So you have a mental model of what reality is. And if you see something that surprises react, you. React, JSification. Yeah. Your visual cortex basically makes a diff of what you. Yep. Like video compression. Yeah. Yep. Uh, what your model is and what you see. Yes. So the other day, mm-hmm. my daughter snuck up on me. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And I turned around and I shit you not, what I saw was my daughter run inhumanly fast from out of the room round and up to me, like in microseconds. <laughs> yeah. My mind decided in a fit of panic that this was closer to reality than her just appearing oh <laughs> out of gosh. thin air. So it like tried to fill in. Yeah. It, it, it put in the tween frames. Yeah. Of... <laughs> of her moving. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> that's scary yeah wow and afterwards it's obviously like no of course that couldn't happen wow but in like split seconds my mind panicked it's a really humbling and good reminder that like no your brain is a lens on what's really happening yeah right it's a certain it fills in gaps it does a lot of things. Yeah, it's more than no, it's more than a lens. That's not even a yeah. good analogy. Um I don't know what it is. The end. I don't know what a brain is. Mic drop.